Welcome back to the show. It's We Are Live. Chris Emmon, Travis Farrell, joined live in studio by Dr. Ed Mignaco. Hit it, Gardner! Hold on. <laughs> just got back. Hold on. There we go. Dr. Ed. Dr. Ed. The good doctor is in. Dr. Ed, he's uh, from Hillside Animal Hospital. He's the proprietor of said service, Travis, although he may be traveling uh, other places soon. So we'll let him uh, tell folks about that. Do you have an opportunity that's uh, coming up, or should we table that till it's... Uh... No, no, it's anytime. Um. Uh, yeah, I, uh, a friend of mine found this opportunity. Uh, apparently there's a shortage of vets in Hawaii, and there's a clinic that she went to for and worked for a whole month. Mm. And uh, they, so they need awesome. uh, they need they need somebody actually for the whole month of December. But I'm thinking maybe I could do a week there. Are they short on? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Let's yeah. Say, are they short Travis on? Travis is gonna show up with a fake dog in his hand and a stethoscope around his head. Like, hello, Doctor Harvest <laughs> Morell, reporting for Hawaiian duty. License? Let me print that out for you. Hold on one second. <laughs> Y'all got a printer <laughs> and Photoshop. Are they short on mediocre black comedians? Because I would be more than happy to join you. Mediocre is a very strong yeah. state. Hey. Stretch, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, have you been to Hawaii before? Yes. Yeah, you have. Okay. Yeah. So how that works is you literally just go do what you would do here. Yep. You don't have to work on crazy, exotic anything. No. Nope. You're not going to be putting ostrich toes back on or anything like that. No. You just help people's pets. Ostriches. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's ostriches in Hawaii. No, it's just a normal, small animal clinic. And you're getting... To go to Hawaii to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's not a done deal yet, but I'm hope I'm gonna do it. Hopefully, they don't know about the appearances you do on this, because that could jeopardize it. We'll see. Well, uh, hopefully, you have a better time uh, in Hawaii than the Cardinals had <laughs> in D.C. He's been itching to talk about this. No, I just I I know how much Dr. Red is a fan, of course, of the ball club. We all are, mm-hmm. but um, I think seeing what happened last night was, and I know you didn't stay around for the entire game, but. It was a brutal end to what felt like was at least going to be a competitive series. I don't, I don't think anybody in St. Louis penciled in the Cardinals in the World Series, but you felt after taking care of business against a very good Atlanta team, I don't think sweet was on our mind, even if we were to do it. No. Uh, but certainly we didn't expect to be swept by the Nats. No, I mean, you know, and believe it or not, I saw some sports writers had picked the Cardinals in the series. Yeah. I mean, not to win it, but to, to lose, I think, to the Astros. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it like it seemed like every, all year long, it's like which Cardinal team is going to show up, the one that can hit or the one that can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I just don't understand that at all. One of the things that I found interesting, I, I seem to recall last year, you know, you know, when we had so much trouble hitting that they talked a lot about the batting coaches, and, and, and it seemed like it was off limits this year. Nobody talked about the batting coaches. Well, they fired, they fired Badasco. They fired one of them earlier this year. Okay, maybe I missed that. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Well, he is, and he was the assistant. Assistant. He, yeah, they fired him, but he was a, he was 72. Yeah. And by was, the way, was a, was by the way, lives in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. you can go say hi. But no, he was an organizational just like pillar in how he taught. He had a very simple, straightforward hitting approach. A lot of so that was very strange. That like that's your scapegoat. Like that's yeah. that's what you're doing here. But it, it it was it was quite strange. I don't think. Well, they're invested in the guy they have now. True, true. And they I and they're reworking the approach. And I guess the idea is that maybe it takes some time for them to. <laughs> yeah, let's wait. Till, let's work on it during the divisional series. And right. <sighs> I think. Yeah. I think. And that's just. And I mean, it's guys who you pay good money to show up just 
a disappearing act. You talk about it was strange. Fowler. You talk about Ozuna. You talk about Goldschmidt. You talk about Matt Carpenter. You talk like it was very. It it hurt to see that the guys who are at the top of the payroll, like not necessarily just. I don't think people were expecting against this Nationals pitching to be just absolutely a horse, but I, I don't think we expected to have the performance like Goldschmidt had in the last two games in mm-hmm. D.C. or what we have saw out of Fowler. Like, I didn't expect Fowler to knock the cover off the ball, but I didn't expect him to just – What did he go 0-4? Did he even get a hit in the series? No, no. He, he was historically bad, I think, yes. eight games in the postseason. I think TBS showed the graphic like it's the worst batting He was like, I want to say 2 for 19, 2 for 22 along oh, those lines. Set the stage, you know, when, you, when you're going against a number four starter in game one and you get no hit. Get no hit. Almost eight innings. Very bad. And the hit that they got finally was not – shouldn't have even been a hit. Right. Yeah. You know, this reminds me, I remember being at – Stadium, which you said about the coach being fired, and you know, and the big scoreboard, you know, they have like a scrolling like news, yeah, like so and so is on the disabled list, so and so's got you know, 10 game hitting streak, and all of a sudden, one flashes by and it says, In an attempt to shake things up, the Royals fired their assistant batting coach. <laughs> the Royals. Oh boy, I, put the, I bet that put the fear in God. Oh, in everybody. oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably, and you can't even be mean to an assistant hitting coach, you're just like, Hey. Got to do this, and then everybody like shake hands, like, Oh, get a beer sometime. Like, it's not even an emotional, like, shake no. up. Like, that's not going to be somebody you're directly connected to, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, it's, it depends. Like, it's weird, it's a but, weird, but it's a weird tradition. Was significant to the Cardinals organization simply because with the players they, that are homegrown, he had helped develop at right. the minor league level, so that's why it was weird with him. And the way he exited, just because he's had success before. And then you've brought the new guy in, and Jeff Albert, and the offense struggled at times throughout the year, and most certainly did in the NLCS. And just look at the data, and you'll see in particular what the Cardinals did against Sliders this year as a group Ooh, God. was oh. terrible. Oh, my. So my there's, solo there's Zuna even, just swinging at that could, crap in the dirt oh, all night long. Pinpoint, like, all of them did. A pin, yeah. You can pinpoint a particular pitch that it seems the overall approach was not effective against. Not at all. So that is disconcerting, but I need to know more as to why there's faith in there be more of a positive result in the future. And I, I don't have that yet. I don't know. And I, we'll get there when they do their post-mortem. Now, just to play devil's advocate, I always wonder, you know, like how, how much these million-dollar ballplayers actually listen to the coach. You know, That's do they? Fair. I mean, do the egos get in the way and they say, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this all my well, life. It's a guy you could probably ask when it comes to Matt Carpenter because Matt Carpenter, I feel like this is almost like Alan Craig 2.0 now, minus the injury, but – I, I just feel like well, here's a guy who gets his nice little payday and then he just goes out there and just lays an egg for the majority of the season. Oh, yeah. And nothing's more disconcerting than in that moment in the eighth inning where you had the chance to get back in the game. A year ago, you would want that guy in that position. You would have begged for Matt Carper to be in that position. But I think a majority of us who saw that at bat before – uh, Bader was pulled, they brought in Carpenter. I think a lot of us was thinking, well, oh, shit, I think we kind of know how this is going to end. Like, that has happened I within actually, a year, and I, I kind of am a little bit interested as to how his offseason is going to go because yeah. he, he again, credit to the Cardinals for winning 91 games, and, of course, they're pitching and winning the division and winning a playoff series with the struggling Matt Carpenter, but I don't know how successful that team can be going forward in the future if he's going to continue to perform at the plate like he did this year. 
I yeah. think he's a liability on the field. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're not hitting, that definitely really exposes We'll see you. what kind of uh, impact Tommy Edmond might have in the future here, too. I mean, he, he emerged. I was a revelation. Could also be a flash in the pan. Too. Right. That's why yeah. we have to see. But Paul I DeYoung. Mean, <clears throat> they have some uh, other. I think he's got enough power. He'll be, and his defense is very good. His defense. I don't good. wonder if a trade's in the horizon in the offseason, maybe not a free agent signing, but a trade for a bat again. They seem to like doing the trades to acquire a hitter or something like that because it normally comes with a contract involved that they could already. Somebody's got their version of Matt Carpenter on their team too, and maybe it's good player for good player, bum for bum, and it's something like that where it's like you take a chance. Like Matt Carpenter, you trade him down the road to Kansas City, he could turn around and have another 30 home run year next year. It's not out of the question. People Mm -hmm. have come back from worse. And there's also a, a potential NL MVP that's going to be available. He led his team to the World Series last night. Yeah. Anthony Rendon is going hey, to be on the market. They're not bucking up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know they're not. Get the big if you didn't, if you didn't buck this, up for Machado after this playoff, yeah, I mean, point. God, he's going to, he's going to bring. I would. Yeah, he definitely wrote some fat checks. It almost I, excuses that stupid beard he's got. That is stupid. I hate it, but it's awesome at the same time. I would like to <laughs> congratulate. You, you like it better than Carpenter's? He's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got a weird point. I am extremely happy, and would like to congratulate Sean Doolittle. Of uh, course. Here we go. It was the face of the carte blanche movement yes. in terms of players. And what's going to happen? The first, right? We're going to have a bullpen card in the World Series, folks. This is exciting for me and a lot of other people. Yeah. Carte blanche. The Nationals, the Nationals have, have a bullpen, bullpen card. So here we go. Also, I, congratulations to Travis Terrell. Uh, because not only did Jack Flaherty not win his two games, the Cardinals did not win the World Series. Therefore, Travis does not have to wear a MAGA hat on his podcast. Yeah. So, okay. big, big thank you, D.C. and the Nationals. Yeah. Congratulations to that organization for saving me a, that embarrassment. Uh, if we get a Trumpy Bear first pitch. <laughs> Talk about entertainment value. Nobody throws a ball like me. It's a perfect pitch. Never uh-huh. happened. Perfect pitch. Oh! Come on, do it. Just yeah, for that, that alone. Pretty good. There that's it is. Bad, it is. Uh, Yale Hollander had a question why he can only see Dr. Ed's uh, face and hands. <laughs> I what? think he's oh, quite. Oh, I think he's saying green screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're quite visible. This, this shirt has I have a double meaning today. Oh. You know, it's it was Columbus Day on Monday. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. And it's Cocktoberfest, right? Yes. <laughs> Red, white, and green. Ah, ah yes, yeah. I like that. There oh, it is. Does anybody have any green? The new age Italian blue? flag. They went with neon green <laughs> in the new one. It's like it's like '90s jerseys for sports teams. Is that I, one of your cycling jerseys? Yeah, actually, it is. It's yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, okay. it does look good. Looks be, comfortable. To be visible. Yeah, uh, gotta love the, uh, the Dr. Ed. Maybe I should have had one of those on my scooter. Yeah, you could use that. Well, speaking of Trumpy Bear, I know we have a game to play, but, man, uh, Trumpy Bear was visited with your St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup champions yesterday at the White House. Uh, do we have a little video of that, a little photo? There's the Stanley Cup. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, how they many of them are actually Americans? I, that was a good question. I, I want to say, like, 85% of the Ross is Canadian, and then the rest are... European. From European. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there any? I'm not even trying to be funny. Well, who's the? Is there an American-born player in is any that, of that? Is that Kayla in there? Or? Layla's oh, Layla. in there. Yeah, yeah Layla, Layla is. Sorry, yeah, she Layla. was. She was I president. Think she got to go. That's nice. Yeah, she got to go to the White I didn't House. See this. Um, I think, and I don't. I'm not confident that I'm right here, but I think the only American-born player on the roster actually is Justin Falk. 
who they just acquired in the trade before so he the season. Is, yeah, so he wasn't even part of right. the festivities. So oh. that's my under... I think that's right. I did say, Dr. Red, I want to basically repurpose this joke because I said it yesterday. I think you'll enjoy it. I said Vladimir Tarasenko had to be very excited to meet the Russian president. Mm. I love that joke. That's so good. It's okay. so good. It's not bad. It's fine. But yeah, so congratulations to the Blues for heading to the White House and being caught up in the Ukraine scandal all of a sudden. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Around there. He had a, he had time to to drop. He had he, it wasn't, he, he was it wasn't fast and loose. No, I mean it wasn't bad. They did a, it was a fine ceremony. And then he uh, saw. yeah, and they challenged one of the Blues players to a fight. Alexander Steen. Steen's got to take that up. Come on, Steen. I know. What if he just would have. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Steen, you're right there. You're never. No, no, no other person what, will ever get that opportunity what, again. What, you're just, hey, just, what am I supposed what to do? What am I supposed to do? Hey. Pull this, pull this suit coat over his shoulder. <laughs> Good God. Oh. There oh, <laughs> okay. Well, we missed out. We could have had something really The there. Bernie bros in the corner. Come on, Steen. You yeah. can do it. Do it right now. I'd love to see the Hanson brothers meet Trump. Oh. <laughs> that would have been quite delightful. <laughs> Put on the foil. Oh, God. That have been quite Put on delightful. the foil, coach. You, Make sure we you st- think you could skate and fight? I'd skate and fight. <laughs> How long do you think Trump kissed the Stanley uh, Cup? Longer than he probably needed uh, no, to? No. No? No? no you probably think he not. let him? Oh, you think he asked? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Dr. Ray. Yeah. Like a second yeah. On the Thank God the Stanley Cup didn't wear a tan suit to the White House. Yeah. That's, all <laughs> that's what I would have done. <laughs> Put in a tan suit in the Oval Office. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should have whispered in his ear, you know Obama kissed first. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Hey, boys oh, and girls. Gross. <laughs> we play a fun game. Uh, from a young man by the name of Dr. Red when he comes into the studio every Wednesday. We like to call it Dogs on Film. Yeah, I love that sound of that dog. Or on film. Either way. There are no more dogs in or on. Maybe, no. maybe sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There was a dog on set. On set. Yeah. <laughs> in a, in a trailer. No clue. Yeah. <laughs> but we play a game nonetheless involving movies. We have six total movies, three sets of movies. Within these pairs of movies, we pit one against another. You guys have to guess which one has a better score according to Rotten Tomatoes. If you get it right, you get a point. You can okay. max out at three points. If we have a tie... At the end of those six movies, then we have a seventh movie, which is the tiebreaker. And you have to guess closest to the actual score in that case. Now, throughout, I'll decide if one of you or a couple of you or all three of you are right on a movie. I am oh, not plugged in. We the didn't computer. Hear that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We all like, yeah. are we losing okay, our You're going to hear, hear, hear a little noise here as my uh, uh, computer gets plugged in. Give me a second here. In the meantime, I will tell you guys about Gastro Pit on the Hill this Thursday, 8.30 p.m., free comedy Thursday. Tina D-Ball is going to headline that. Three comics for free. Unbelievable late-night barbecue menu. Come out, 4916 Shaw at Kings Highway in Shaw. Gaslight Gastro Pit every Thursday, 8.30 p.m. We have free comedy Thursday. Okay, if you get it right.
Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. Now, if you get it wrong, you don't want that one. You don't want the wrong one. Okay. Okay. And also, we have my friend Sean involved. You guys have met him before. We have. Uh, I've never met Sean. You've no. never met Sean. Uh, never met Sean. So we're you will eventually. First, yeah. You will. Or if I want to meet him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Pace yourself. We will. Uh, you'll you'll get to see him someday. Uh, but Sean. We have him read some of the descriptions of the movies to kind of help you out in case you haven't seen it. And uh, Sean also provides some details of his life, and we have a little chit-chat along the way mm. as well. So we have some themes for this week. We have individual themes for each pairing. The first one is first. The title of each of the movies has the word first I in like it. I get a Sinbad movie. Mm. The second pairing, the theme is... Whistleblowers. Ooh. Whistleblowers. <laughs> and then the final theme <laughs> is mockumentaries. Ooh. Mockumentaries. And now the theme for the tiebreaker, with it being Cocktoberfest, once again, white will be in the title. Okay. White will be in the title. All right. So that's what we have for Dogs on Film. We ready to play? Let us play. Let's go. All right. Here is your first movie. What do I got to do? Turn this on? First up, we have Murder in the First, 1995 drama thriller, two hours, two minutes. Henry, Kevin Bacon, a small-time criminal sent to Alcatraz, is caught attempting to escape, and his, and his punishment, he's put in solitary confinement. Instead of staying the maximum of of the maximum 19 days, he is kept alone, in the cold and complete darkness for years, only to emerge a madman and a murderer. It's a rookie lawyer, Christian Slater, who proves Alcatraz is to blame, and that Henry should not be Executed. What's the favorite jail you've been in? <laughs> well, there's one in Frederickstown, Illinois. I believe oh. that's the name of the town. The county seat outside of Litchfield. I swear to God, it was like being in Manny Mayberry. You had your own shower, books to read, a phone, a, a payphone in your in your cell. You know, and, they, and the food came from the diner up the street. And when they finally, my freaking boss bailed me out because he wanted me to come to work, and I would rather have stayed in this lovely facility. You had to go to the florist to get your bail money, and that's where they wired to. So they let you walk over to the florist, and then you're gone. But then you have to walk like. 10 miles back to Litchfield where they stick your car. Nobody will pick you up on a highway. You're hitchhiking and know you've been in jail. So there you go. What kind of life has he lived? Well, an interesting one. So there's your first movie, Murder in the First. Jesus, Sean. All right, on to the next. Second, we have The First Wives Club, 1996. Romance, comedy of manners. Comedy of manners. One hour, 43 minutes. Despondent over the marriage of her ex-husband to a younger woman, a middle-aged divorcee, Stockard Channing, plunges to her death from her penthouse. At the woman's funeral, her former college friends, Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, and Diane Keaton, reunite for the first time in nearly 30 years. When the three discover the reason for their friend's suicide, they realize that all of their ex-husbands have taken them for granted and deciding it's time for revenge. They make a pact to get back back at their exes. Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, <laughs> Diane Keaton. Which one would you F? I don't know. Oh, I mean, no. the obvious one would be Goldie, but I think Diane Keaton might have been fun. Who would you marry? Bette Midler. Who would you kill then? Goldie Hawn. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Bet you live with Bette Midler would be a hoot. And my father knows her. <laughs> <laughs> so, our first set, the first Wives Club versus Murder in the First. According to Rotten Tomatoes, who has a better score? Who'd like to go first? Dr. Ed. Let's go with Dr. Ed first. This is tough. You got like, it's almost like a comedy versus a, you know, a drama. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'd, 
And my inclination is to go with uh, murder in the first, I think. But, yeah, I think I'll stick with that. Okay. I'm going to go opposite Dr. Ed and say uh, first wife's club. Okay. Mm, this is a good one, Gardner. Well done. I am going to go... I'm going to go first wife's club. Travis and Chris. <laughs> first wives club a 49 murder in the first a 50 ah oh. mm. brutal I, I have so much fun finding Chris, you the best mm. I love you. <laughs> oh no let's uh let's, Wait let's, a minute. let's get through odd. this that's weird let's get through this game first <laughs> yeah because i get the feeling doctor can turn on me at any yeah. moment <laughs> Like a uh, rabbit dog. dog. Yeah. All right, what's next? All right, whistleblowers is the theme for the second pairing. All right, and here's your first one. Okay. Next, we have Silkwood, 1983. Drama, thriller, two hours, 11 minutes. This drama is based on a true story of Karen Silkwood, Meryl Streep, who works at a nuclear facility along with her boyfriend, Drew Stevens, Kurt Russell, and their roommate, Dolly Pelliger, Cher. When Karen becomes concerned about safety practices at the plant, she begins raising awareness of their violations that could put workers at risk. Intent on continuing her, her investigation, Karen discovers a, a suspicious development. She has been exposed to high levels of radiation. Do you have a good Cher impersonation? No. I have a Cher t-shirt from the 1999 Do You Believe Tour. Believe in life after love after love. Were you singing along there? Yeah, I was. Oh, good. Of course you were. Oh, it's got a t-shirt mm. from Cher 1999 Do You Believe Tour. Mm. All right, so Silkwood is your first one. Here's your second one. Next up, we have The Firm, 1993. Adaptation Ooh. thriller, two hours, 34 minutes. A young lawyer, Tom Cruise, joins a small but pre prestigious law firm only to find out that most of their clients are on the wrong side of the law. The company is helping to launder mob money, get clients off charges, and even murder partners who threaten to blow their cover. But when the FBI comes calling to gather, to gather evidence on the lawyer's colleagues, he is caught between a rock and a hard place, juggling his life and his liberty. Those were both whistleblower moments. Whistleblowers. Are you a good whistler? Yes, I am. I cannot right now. There you go. Come on, I don't have time for this. Come on. No, I don't. My, I need 10 my, seconds. My lips are not loose. I've just woken up. <laughs> I whistle when I get nervous or busy. I don't even know I'm doing it sometimes. It irritates the hell out of some people. Mm. So we have The Firm versus Silkwood. So one year at a, a Hillside Christmas party, you know, giving a little speech, telling mm -hmm. everybody, you know, thanks for a great year, you know, we're really a close-knit family and that... And I said, you know, nobody ever leaves, you know, Hillside. We have no zero turnover, and except for that, you know, Kaczynski and Hodges and that unfortunate diving accident in the Bahamas. <laughs> and I look up, and there's like 20 blank faces. That oh. my, daughter, my daughter Anna's cracking up because oh. she's a movie nut like I am. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it is, uh, man, the firm, uh, I think, is one of Tom Cruise's most underrated performances. So I am going to go with the firm. Dr. Ed? No, you're next. No, okay. Uh, I'll also go with the firm. No, I, I was going so cord all the way, seriously. Yeah. Okay. I had my mind made up right at the beginning. Dr. Ed? Yeah, dog. Yeah, wow. dog. Wow! What a dominating performance by Dr. Ed today! 75 for the firm. 79. Oh, come on! I knew it was going to be close. They're both good movies. They're very good movies. I enjoy the hell of the firm. It was one of those films when I first saw it. I was like, I am not going to enjoy Oh, yes, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, every time I, I, you know, I've been down to Memphis all the time, and I actually yes. going on Friday again. I, oh, I, nice. I love that scene at the... I forget what they call it with that trolley. Trolley when he's yeah. tramway over the river, and he's yeah, running it. Yes, running, I love that yeah. as well. Do they have a trolley that works? 
Mm. Ain't no rolling comedy club, Gardner. Mm. All right. Well, it's two nothing, Doctor Ed. And Doctor Ed is one. Do we need to do the third one or? Oh, 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 we can do have a little fun. Let's have a little fun. Let's see if Doctor Ed can go for three for three. All right. What's the final theme? Oh, mockumentaries. Mockumentary. Okay. There you go. Next, we have A Mighty Wind, 2003, comedy music, musical, one hour, 32 minutes. In this hilarious backstage mockumentary, three eclectic, never-quite-famous folk bands come together for the first time in decades following the death of their manager to put on a reunion concert in his honor, though, at the request of his son, Bob Balaban. For the members of the Folksmen, the new Main Street Singers, and Mitch and Mickey, time has not been kind. As the show approaches, apprehension sets in, romances are rekindled, and ambitions are permanently deferred. What happened? Well, hop it. Right, there's your first one. Okay. Your second one. Followed by Borat, cultural learnings of America for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. 2006 comedy mockumentary. One hour, 26 minutes. Outrageous situations occur, occur when Borat, a popular reporter, Sacha Baron Cohen, from Kazakhstan comes to the, from where? Kazakhstan comes to the United States to film a documentary, a documentary on what makes America a great nation. Along the way, he manages to offend just about everyone he meets. Fall in love with fall in love with actress Pamela Anderson and set forth that a cross-country journey to make her his wife. My wife. My wife. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> My wife. Here she is. <laughs> All right, we have Borat versus a Mighty Wind. Dr. Ed, just go. Mighty Wind. A Mighty Wind for Dr. Ed. You guys, you have nothing to lose. Borat. Strategy. Borat. Borat for Chris and Dr. Travis. Borat was sweep. incredibly funny. Let's see if we can get the sweep. Chris and Travis. Yeah, dog. Yeah, ah. dog. We did what the Cardinals could not. <laughs> we got a win. A Mighty Wind in 87. Oh, wow. Borat, a 91. Appropriate. Very funny and uh, and very well done. But according to Todd Phillips, you could not make that movie again in 2019. <laughs> do you want the tiebreaker to hear it, or what do you want to do? Let's hear the tiebreaker. Sure. Yeah, let's yeah, hear it. Okay. Bring let's it on. get a little more pride. Here's the tiebreaker. Hold on, is this the uh, tiebreaker? Ah, and for the tiebreaker, Snow White and the Huntsman, 2012, drama, fantasy, two hours, 12 minutes. Queen Ravina, Charlie, Charlize Theron, who seized control of her kingdom by marrying and killing its rightful ruler, needs to, needs the life force of young maidens to maintain her beauty. However, to become truly immortal, Ravina must consume the heart of her stepdaughter, Snow White, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Snow escapes, and Ravina dispatches a huntsman, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth, to capture her. But Snow, the huntsman, and a rebel army join forces to destroy Ravina and restore the balance of life and death. Got away with a lot of them, and then uh, they caught him, and then got thrown in jail, and be my friend sandwich jar of Vaseline. <laughs> That's that. Uh, can I go to the bathroom? I gotta go to work. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Snow White and the Huntsman. You're probably wondering what Sean was talking about there. We might get more into it in the coming weeks. Sean was once beat up by someone who would later go on to be known as the plumber rapist and who still is in prison to this day. Oh, that's going to be a conversation. Okay. And I just found this dive. out recently. Oh, well, we're going to certainly turn that into our next uh, true yeah. crime series. So, we'll yes. come into a podcast. That is a thing. That. Absolutely. Um, this was not as good of a movie as it should have been. So I'm going to go 41%. I, just, I am totally indifferent about this movie. I just... I think it had the potential to be really good, and they really kind of screwed that up. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not into that type of movie. I'm gonna forty-five. Okay. 
53%. It's 49%. <laughs> so it's a tie. So it would have been a tie. Which so we've never had before. We've never had that before. Ooh, How about that? Ooh, there is no tie. Now you get to whoever gets closest to them but not going over, right? Isn't that the way they usually do it? That's how it's done on um, Price is Right. Price is Right. Yeah. So. All right, we'll have to make that rule. I'm from the now guest. On. I made the rule. Yeah. Give it up for Dr. Ed right. on the big win, Hillside Animal Hospital. You can check them out. And if, uh, if you have some availability coming up Monday, you can join me. I'll be there at 3 o'clock giving blood. But uh, Dr. Ed has graciously put together another blood drive for uh, the Red Cross. They're very much in need. Uh, if you all can give blood on Monday in the afternoon, there's a few slots that need filled. Personally, message me, and I can set it up for you. You're going to be uh, doing a comedy skit on the, on the bus. Yes, exactly. Before he gets on the truck. Right, yeah. And it's in the city, so we can't be attacked by Dr. Page. So don't worry about that. Gardner, uh, as far as uh, more October to look forward to, mm-hmm. do you have anything special you want to throw out there for the rest of the week? Um, I don't know if we'll do it this week, maybe next week, but we'll have the inaugural Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm. That'll be uh, coming out soon. Um, so we start winding down in the coming weeks. Of course, we'll finish our anthem. We only sang the first verse of it the first day. Uh, but that's about it. But the daily daily regimen that we've been going through with the Cocktoberfest playlist and also Pop culture will continue. Well, since we have such an animal expert here before we let him go, I think it's important to uh, let our friends in the South know about a hybrid animal that is just causing havoc on the wildlife. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen this, Dr. Head, uh, Dr. Ed. <laughs> the reason I say Dr. Head, because a snake head fish oh, that survives this. on land was discovered in Georgia. Officials want it dead. Um, have you seen this? And yeah, I think I've seen, you know, like reports about it being in uh, Florida, but I didn't know that it had made it all its way to Georgia. Oh, that's scary. See, I thought it started in Georgia. I didn't realize it was started in Florida and made its way to Georgia. I'm pretty sure. Anything invasive, and I'm just like, eh, it happened so fast. Oh, yeah, the python thing? Oh, the python thing has drastically changed how Florida, even if there's no ground, there's no ground mammals anymore. Period. Yeah. That's scary. It is. And they've resorted to eating alligators and stuff, too. Are they eating Pythons? bears? Oh, yeah. Are oh, they, sweet Jesus. That's not a joke. I didn't are, know that was a thing. Are they eating bears? No, there are no, well, There's not many black bears in Florida. But, uh, no, there's some. But There's enough where they have bear hunts in Florida. True. Good point, yeah. And there's pigs and stuff like that, too. So maybe bears are surviving, once again, proving that they're apex predators. Little to no. Yeah, one of those pythons would have a lot of trouble with a bigger bear. They could take out a small bear. Mm-hmm. Um, is this just they something? Can, if they can eat an alligator, they can eat a bear. You know how it happened? Yeah, uh, no. A python, there was a breeder, a snake breeder, and his uh, facility was destroyed in one of the hurricanes. And, and snake, Shut snake, up. Like 300 snakes escaped. Oh, that was like the big boom? Yeah. Because yeah, Oh, my God. Have, that's wild. What a people, crazy story. It's idiots weird. idiots have find... been releasing their pet pythons yeah. for years, yeah, but true, that too. would make sense. That is weird big. that you can find a like patient zero. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. I mean, that's how Asian carp happened here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was the flood of 93. Like, really? The Asian carp were in, like, the more sewer-type facilities or, like, certain ponds because they would eat the eat certain things. And right. the flood comes, and they get out, and then they're obviously an invasive species. Oh, yeah. That, You've seen those videos of those things jumping? Out yes. Of, uh, jumping out of the, mm-hmm. and the people in the boats. So I, I, and I've told it before. I've had one hit me in the face. Is give this, me a black eye. Is this simply someone introducing this kind of species just improperly or, in a, you know, illegally, obviously? But how does something like this ultimately happen? Is, can I blame this on climate change? Like, who do I point the <laughs> finger at to be mad about yeah, how I, this species has found its way? In the article, they tell you in? how it happened, right? 
Uh, Nevasive you, they can breathe air, survive mm-hmm. on land, which, my God, that's scary. But who made, like, that's somewhat, is this like Island of Dr. Moreau type stuff? It doesn't say no. in the article. What happens is usually, in anything like this, what happens is it's it, large industrial stuff brings it over unwillingly, or unknowingly. Oh. Like, you'll have rats on a ship that you don't know oh, about, okay. or there'll be a hull or something that contains a bunch of fish that you didn't realize, or something like it's it's always I've seen always that in a movie. One million percent. It's always man-made, dropped off by accident. Yeah, uh, you know, and there have been obviously people releasing their pets into the wild. I mean, that always happens. But mm-hmm. uh, like the, the what is it, the zebra mussel? You know, they always it, it travels in like in the the ballast tanks of ships. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. they're really worried about that getting like from in, like into the Great Lakes or out of the Great Lakes, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's a serious issue, and you know, like the wild right. the wild boars and. Oh, that's a. Th- you know how that got started? Just people just wanted to hunt them, so they brought them over. <laughs> then they'd let them go. What did pigs go feral in two weeks or something? Yeah. Or in a matter of days? Like you, you take a pig that's domesticated and just let it go, or maybe it's it's two weeks. They start showing like they li- it's the craziest thing. Their teeth will start growing weird. They get a little more aggressive. It's it's wild. It's wild. Ooh, that's kind of chilling. This ever was in Australia when they they brought in rabbits. Oof, this you know? is a and crazy one. You can't one. imagine how many. I mean, it was a rabbit plague. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it just exploded. I mean, millions and millions of rabbits just destroying habitats everywhere. Oh my! And then that yeah. turned into a feral cat problem, right? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a long time ago. That was twenty, thirty yep. years ago. That's like one of the first examples of this happening. Sweet. That's why there's cats the size of dogs in Australia and oh. out in the outback because they brought a bunch of feral cats and stuff to clean up the whatever. It's it's crazy That's what we crazy can do. How that, yeah, Look that it up. Look it up. Because um, people in Australia, well, there's only certain types of guns, and there's they have outlawed a lot of different types of dogs there. Look it up. You'll see a cat the size of a small mountain lion, but it's a like a domestic cat because there's so many just out there. See, I'm worried about what's going to happen in Hawaii after they bring in some veterinarian from St. Louis mm-hmm. there. You know, what's going to yeah. happen to that population? Toasted ravioli <laughs> infecting everything. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Our streets smell like Provale cheese. You know, you know. The, the Post-Dispatch had an article, it might have been a month ago, about the veterinarian shortage. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is a real thing, you know. Yeah, there's, yeah. But, you know, but then I thought, yeah, I certainly didn't help that any by being only five foot six. You know, and my two girls are only, you know. He got one in. I was waiting for it. Yeah, that's Dr. Ed. We're going to end on that note. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in again tomorrow. Two different comedy shows, 6 o'clock, 8.30. Sophie's at 6.00. Gastro Pit, Gaslight at 8.30. Very funny. Going to be a good time. And you can win uh, some stuff from Union Barbershop at the early show at 6 o'clock. So big thanks to Dr. Ed from Hillside Animal Hospital. If you have a pet in the St. Louis area, be sure to take a minute. I cannot say enough good things about the treatment my dogs received at the clinic. And uh, we're going to take Travis in to get his nails trimmed, too. So make that happen. For Travis, for Dr. Ed, for uh, Guard Z, we're back tomorrow live at 8 a.m. See you then. Peace.